Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. Praise the Lord and welcome back to In Divine Ministry Church. Teshuva call. We want to thank the Lord. Amen. Glory be to God. Dr. Prophetess Slaughter is here with us today. We want to say thank you to her. Blessings, blessings, woman of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And glory be to God. Hallelujah. We want to thank Pastor Moore. He isn't here tonight. Amen. Glory be to God. But we are going to go on in the name of Jesus. Three days left. Amen. Glory be to God. In this teshuva call. Amen. Glory be to God. Um, I do want to remind everyone that even though we have missed, uh, we did miss five complete days, and I do want to bring them once a week until they're finished. Amen. Um, Amen. Because I I don't think that we're going to be complete until we have the full 40 days. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. Is there any testimonies in the house tonight? Amen. I just thank you. I just thank and praise the Lord for being here today. Um, Thank and praise the Lord that my daughter came home with twins today. Um, Amen. Amen. Uh, she had texted me yesterday saying that my one of my grandbabies didn't pass her hearing test again for the second time. And, uh, you know, immediately I went into war mode. I was in the store. I was like, it's no problem. I sent her what scripture to plead over her kids. And uh, Amen. I said, grab your, uh, grab your husband by the hand. Tell him lay hands on uh, on the twin and you lay hands on the twin. I said, tell him, uh, 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 Jesus, uh, please, you please the blood of Jesus over your daughter and that she is healed. I said, tell him to say that because he is the head. And, uh, Amen. And That's right. Come on now. And so you know, uh, I'm just I'm just excited. Uh, I cooked for them today. I cooked for my whole uh, house, but I cooked extra, so that she wouldn't have to worry about anything, and they wouldn't have to spend no additional money trying to feed, you know, our four, uh, uh, four, uh, sorry, uh, her, her husband, and the two other kids that she has, uh, and everything. You know, we have to be helpers one to another. And uh, mm-hmm. even, you know, I've been going through a battle with. Uh, her mother-in-law um, and everything because, you know, they have money. They, you know, her mother-in-law makes $31 an hour, and, uh, you know, she has no kids at home, and this is her first grandkids by her, her baby boy. She only has two kids, and her grown daughter, you know, works where she works at, making $37 an hour, and now my son-in-law works there. He's making good money. So, you know, and even her husband, they, you know, he's got money, so, you know, when the money aspect uh, came up in this, you know, uh, they kind of looked her nose. Not my son-in-law. He's he's a different breed. I love it, boy. But, you know, the mom kind of looked her nose down on us, you know, as we poppers. So, you know, I had to battle with that. And uh, <clears throat> this is a praise report and a testimony all at the same time. <clears throat> I had to battle with that because inwardly, um, you know, to to want to be to want to do things, 
uh, things for your child and your grandkids, but you don't have the funds to do it uh, is is a hurting thing. But then to know that another side is doing everything and and they're boasting about doing everything, you know, for the grandkids, that's kind of a turmoil. And then, you know, it's a battle. It's it's an underlying, underlining battle going on. And I asked the Lord to gird me. I said, I don't want to be bitter. You know, um, let me get in where I fit in. If I need to back off, show me I need to back off, and she'll let me know when she needs me. And so that's that's the maturity of me, and that's why I, said I can tell uh, that's a testimony, too, in the praise report because the maturity level uh, concerning in concerning this situation, God has matured me enough to where I can back up. And, and just do what I have to do and do what I can do. And I may not have the money, but I'm very much anointed. And I said, you know what, God, I said, I'm going to do what I do. And what I do is I get results through prayer. I get results through you, Jesus. I get results through laying on hands and speaking the word of God. So what money can't give me, favor can and your anointing can. So I'm just happy with that. Like I said, it's a growth testimony. So I'm just excited. And I can't wait uh, to see where it goes from here <clears throat> as far as, uh, you know, my husband and I, because my husband was dealing with that as well, you know, the the you know nose turned up towards us because we didn't have the funds, you know, that, that these people have. So, but, you know, God is good. Like I said, I, I thank the Lord because as long as I got his anointing and I got, got favor with my father, I'm good. I'm very much good. So God bless you. Amen. Glory be to God. And you know what? We want to thank God because even though sometimes I I think that all people go through that, where the the grandparents are in competition with one another, and it shouldn't be like that. Amen. Glory be to God. We should all be working together. Amen. We're working for the benefit of the children. We're working for the benefit that they continue to be blessed, no stress. Amen. Glory be to God. So um, we're just going to continue to pray that the Lord come in and move. Amen. Glory be to God. That he come in and he bring unity and not a fight in the community. Amen. I just want to thank the Lord because we know, amen, sometimes, you know, parents mean well. They really do. You know, they, 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 it's not that they be doing stuff willfully. I know when I came back from Missouri, um, I started buying things for my grandparents and my my grandchildren, and yet I didn't really have any money. It was whatever I could find. And I was so thankful that, you know, whatever I found, like I got a good deal on some computers, so I sent them over to my grandbabies. They weren't nothing fancy. It was just something for them to play on. Amen. The man paid me, uh, charged me $50 for it. And I thought that was a bargain just to get my granddaughter a computer that she wanted. Well, the, um, the next thing I know, because she's got the computers, I got a couple of CDs, a, a couple of movies. I, and then what I did was at the beginning of the summer, I went and I bought them a bunch of clothes. Now, I bought the clothes because they're my grandbabies. I hadn't seen them in years. I hadn't bought them anything in years. And I was so thankful that, you know, I had come back to Boston and I was able to have a little bit of extra change that I can go and get my grandbabies some clothes. 
Well, the next thing I know, the grandmothers now, I bought their clothes at Walmart. Hey, big little kids, they're going to tear their clothes up. The next thing I know, she's buying Jordans for them, Jordan, the Jordans. And she went and bought that MK, bought my granddaughter two pairs of MK. So when my daughter told me that, I just looked at her. And she said, why are you smiling? I said, I'm so glad that I was able to make somebody be the person that they could be. Just by me doing a little, they're doing much. And I was just smiling because even though it might be a competition, but I don't feel it. I just don't feel it. I don't either. Amen. Amen. There you go. Because you want to know why? I believe God put people in our place that when we're not able, that they can take up the slack. But the tables can turn at any time. And you may be the one doing the shopping and getting all the stuff and doing everything that you can, and they may not be able. So you don't know how God is working things out. So right now, this is their season. You got plenty of grandchildren. They got one grandbaby. Let them have a ball. <laughs> Amen. Your well, you, time well, is and coming. To, and to be honest, <laughs> that's how I looked at it, and I was, you know, like, they have an older grand because the oldest daughter had a, had a child, but she's in college, so she only had one grandchild prior to this. So now she's got three because my daughter had twins, and so I'm like, you know what? I said, honey, I I've never been in competition with anybody all my life, so I don't see that this is a good time to start trying to be. But uh, right. I've <laughs> right. never, never felt that it was anybody better than me, and that's just me. I don't care how right. much you had or what your status was, I've never been inferior to anybody, and that's just not how I operate. But I do believe in walking in my lane. You know, I'm not going to go out here and get in debt to try to prove something to anybody because, again, I'm I'm never in competition with anyone but myself, you know. And so I feel like the anointing is where I stand, and I'm good I'm, you know, I'm Jesus' favorite daughter. I'm good with that. So, you know, what, what, like I said, what financially, you know, what I can't do, I know what I can do when I stand in my lane. And every time there's an issue, my daughter knows who to call. She'll, she'll call me in a minute. I text me, Mama, I need you to pray. Mama, you know. So that means a lot to me. That I mean, that right there, because you know that I'm grounded in, in Jesus. You know, she could say, well, I don't have nobody to pray for me. That would hurt. You know, that that, yes. that would yes. hurt. But to know that, you know, they come to me and be like, Mama, can you pray? Uh, I'm going through this. What what can I do? That that means a lot. That's a testament to the Jesus on my life, you know, because they know I haven't been perfect, but they know I've been faithful. So I'm I'm excited. That's why I said it's a, it's a personal testimony on my growth, you know, on my growth, because uh, it's been a lot of things said and done. It's been sneaky, you know, that I'm not going to go into that's been done from that side towards us, you know, but every time I see them, I'm like, hello, how are y'all? And I go on, you know, I'm not bitter, I'm not nasty, I'm not nothing, because I feel like this, you know, I am who God says I am, and I don't have to explain that to anyone. Amen, amen, amen. I tell you, you know, sometimes we have such good talks. I, I want to start a, a service uh, call, um, let's, just, let's just have a talk. Amen. <laughs> I'm serious because I think people really need to hear these conversations. Amen. Glory be to God. It, it gets yes. them to, you know, like I love how you say you God's favorite daughter. Knowing that can conquer all. Mm-hmm. Amen. 
A lot Amen. of people don't know that they they one of God's favorites. Amen. Amen. Come on now. They think that God then pushed them to the back of the line, but see where you decided to say no. I'm one of his favorites. That in itself helped push you over the edge. Amen. All right now. Come on. So God is a good God. I'm telling you, he's a blessed God. He's an awesome God. And I'm just thankful for who the God that he is. Amen. Amen. So I want to thank him for tonight. Amen. Glory be to God. We're doing Teshuva. I'm telling you, the closer we get to the end of this, I get, I'm get, i getting a little bit sad because this has been a great uh, thing for me, mm-hmm. especially getting these scriptures in me nightly. It really helps change things. Amen. Uh, I tell you, when you get so close to the word, amen, glory be to God, they said, what? The word became flesh and it dwelt among us. Well, it's no longer flesh, but this word is still here. Amen. And now it don't dwell among us, but it dwells within us. Amen. Mm-hmm. Come on now. Man. <laughs> Glory be to God. Now, tonight we're, we're talking about tradition opposes truth. You know, this is so near and dear to my heart. Um, I don't know who I was speaking to, but I was talking about that once upon a time we used to be on Block Talk Radio and Divine Ministries. And we were on there right when um, Alan Levy had that uh, Block Talk many years ago when it first began. And, and we was, the Christians was able to come on in and do sermons and we could do them for two, three hours. And now they broke it down to 15 minutes unless you pay. And when you pay, you have to, you know, you pay for the extended time. But I I never forget one time I tried to sit down and preach about a sermon that God had given me called the traditional church. And it was something so near and dear to my heart. So here we're talking about tradition again. And I'm telling you, I I just, it's just bringing everything back to me because I was, I was so deep into the traditional church because the church today is nothing like the church that our grandmothers and grandfathers went to. Amen. Amen. The church today that we go to is nothing like our great-grandparents went to. Amen. When they went in, they went in to truly serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. They went in expecting God to to bless them. Even if they didn't see it, their faith was much stronger than ours. And I know that a lot has to do with the fact that we have all of these new amenities. Every time we turn around, there's another breakthrough. They're They're working on right now the hover car. And mind you, remember 20, 30 years ago, we was watching the Jetsons with all this stuff. They're now working on the house, just like in the Jetsons, that will come above the weather. Amen. Glory be to God. While it's raining down on earth, we, the clouds, we're going to go right beyond the clouds with our house, and we'll still be able to see the sunshine. So these, these, these things that we now have, we now have cell phone, we now have TV, radio, we now have so much versus what they had back then. Uh, now, 
in order to get a true breakthrough, a lot of people, it's hard for them to fast because there's too many restaurants. Every time you turn around, somebody's having a function full of food, and yet and still you're trying to fast, but you don't want to tell nobody you're fasting because you know if the minute you tell somebody you're fasting, here's a conversation about uh, why we fast and how come you're fasting. You have to get into all that. And yet the Bible tells them that we don't really have to say about fasting. Amen. Glory be to God. So, I mean, there is just so much with the traditional church, with the music. The music is different now. Amen. Glory be to God. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love music. I'm a singer. I love all kinds of music. I love classical music. I love hip-hop. I love I love a lot of different types of music. People don't realize I don't just love gospel. I sing gospel, but I listen to uh, like Lecrae or something like that. Now, I like the gospel rap. Um, but that's just me. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but if you want to judge me, judge me. I don't care. You can judge me, but I'm going to listen to my music because I love my music. Amen. I'm a singer by trade. Amen. Glory be to God. But my my fame to claim is my teaching. Amen. Glory be to God. So I'm going to listen to my music. I'm going to listen to what God to send me to and go, I want you to listen to this right now. Because some of my music I listen to is not just for praise and worship. Some of it is for my warfare. When I'm ready to war in the spirit, sometimes God will have me go over to my Lecrae or go or to my Ann Nesby and put that on because there's something about it that fires me up. And the minute I get reared up, when I begin to pray, I tear down some spirituals, a spirit that's in the atmosphere that is trying to destroy. And especially when I get angry, oh, my God, the spirit of the Lord says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness and principalities that set itself upon high places. So I, when I get ready to war, I need to be in preparation. You know when these, we, the men and women go into battle, they just don't go out there. They don't get their gun. They don't get their, their uh, kit, their little army backpacks to get their right clothing on. Amen. Glory be to God. They put camouflage on their face. Amen. They get their mind prepared mentally for the war. You can't just walk into warfare and not get yourself prepared. Amen. That's where a lot of people fail. Amen. Amen. Oh, my God. Can, can we talk about Peter? Can we talk about Peter? What happened? They went and tried to deliver that man of all them demons. The demon came out and tore Peter apart. And Jesus said, well, oh, ye of little faith. Little faith. Little faith. That demon knew he was going to destroy Peter. He knew it because he knew that he didn't have enough war for him. He was not prepared for war. You got to prepare for everything you're getting ready to do. And uh, once again, I'm going to say it again. Fasting is the key. Amen. Fasting is truly the key because when you begin to fast, it prepares your body. It prepares your body for the warfare. And then when you add the word to it, it strengthens it even more. And when you get ready to deliver, you don't take two, three weeks. You may not even take two, three days. If you're truly fasting and praying, it takes minutes. 
Sometimes it may take a couple of hours depending on the demon that you're dealing with. If you incorrectly uh, interpret what the demon is, you have to keep praying until God reveals to you which demon you're dealing with. So then you can correct the error and go back in and really pull it out. Amen. So oh, that's a little teaching on deliverance. Amen. <laughs> I snuck that in there. Okay. Amen. Get yourself prepared. And somebody's getting ready to go into warfare. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Uh, tradition opposes the truth. Amen. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Set you free. And that's from John 8 and 32. Tradition, a doctrine believed to have divine authority through, through not in the scriptures. Amen. So here it is. It says a doctrine that believed to have divine authority, but not using the scriptures. So if you're not using the word of God, then you are using the old habit tradition. We did church this way. We just opened up in prayer. We read a scripture. We sang a couple of songs. And then we got right in. We did our, uh, what they say, we did our announcements, and then we went right into the word. There's nothing in there that allows the Holy Spirit to come in and take charge of the service. I have been in services where the word was never preached because the Holy Spirit had rule and reign that right in the middle of praise and worship service, the spirit got so high. Amen. Glory be to God that everybody was just speaking in tongues, running through the church. And I'm not just talking about the adults, the children too. That's a church that is running on not just tradition. It is giving the spirit authority to, to have room to do what it needs to do. And it has room to bring healing. It has room to bring deliverance. It has room to do what it needs to do in order to get God's purpose through. Amen. Amen. So, can, I, can I say something? Go ahead. To answer go ahead. Um, yeah, and, and I want to add something to that. Um, when I, at my old church, um, we had a – it's funny. Uh, our mic had went out. And a port of our electricity, but we had opened up the door. It was during the summertime. We had opened up the door uh, to get Ari in and to let the neighborhoods know that, you know, we was there because they would see my pastor. He was such a lovely man that he could just deal with anybody. He didn't care what your walk of life was. He could deal with you. So, anywho, uh, he requested <clears throat> that I sung this song. And uh, I was like, okay, I don't know if I can sing it without a mic. And the Lord told me just to go for And I began to sing, uh, it's called the prayer of Jabez, Enlarge My Territory. And yeah. um, after, now I found what I'm going to say about the song. I found that after service. Uh, but the service was so high. The Lord, because my, my pastor, after I got through, also, the, you know, everybody's still going up and praise and worship. Then my pastor took the song over, and, I mean, it, it then the spirit, it's like it was a cloud, the glory cloud. Came yes, in, yes. Set, set in the church, and the next, I mean, we was all, it was all so crazy. I can't get into everything because it takes me forever, but it was so crazy good that the 
people was hearing about that service and was calling our pastor. And anybody who went to the church was like, we heard, we heard, we heard. Is, was this true? Did this happen? Blah, 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 blah. So anyway, the next Sunday, my pastor said, we're not going to have a traditional service today. He said, I want the testimonies and the praise reports from last what happened last Sunday to come up here. Don't you know this man who had been deaf in one ear for like 20 years, he was on our he was our usher at the door. He came up front. He said, "When the when the praise began to go on, and and the worship got real thick in here, and the cloud hit." He said, "I was standing back there on my post with my hands up, just just praising God, and all of a sudden my ear said boom." He said, "When it said boom, he said." I could hear. He said, and I was like, wait a minute. He said, I covered my other ear. He said, I was hearing everything. He said, that's why I was just acting crazy at back ear at that back door. He said, did nobody have to lay hands on me or nothing? He said, God healed me just on my post. He said, it's something when you tap into the worship that's going on in the house. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we was just like screaming and screaming and screaming. So then they was, uh, they was like, you know, my pastor said, I also want to say to the evangelist, because I was the evangelist, which I was always a prophet, but I didn't want to go by that. I was scared. But he said, I want to say to evangelist, prophet, undercut, like that. He said, uh, when you were singing, he said, we looked up, and the neighbors, he said, it was people from the neighborhood that just started coming to the door, just standing, wondering who in the world was singing that song. They Go ahead. Oh, it was like, oh, my, like, she's singing that without a microphone in this big old church. It had drew people, and I just started crying. I was like, oh, my God, I just cried. He said, see, when you're standing in the position you're supposed to be in and you give God your gift, God can everything for his glory. Oh, my goodness. I mean, but it was just, it was awesome. It was, I mean, I've seen people, and, and this is still on tack, but it's not. I've seen, I know people. Let me let me go here. I know people who had HIV that came to that service and was healed. I know people who had cancer who was in that service and they were healed. I know a woman who came up there to get hands laid on her because she had to go to the to have surgery that Monday morning at nine o'clock for uh, something that had to do with her heart and something else. And honey, when she went to the doctor and my pastor, he he didn't doubt it out. He said. I'm going to tell you, he said, all I ask you is when you hear what God has done, you come back and tell us. And she said, okay. He said, if you can't come send word, what happened was that woman went to the hospital. They prepped her for surgery. The doctor said, we're going to do another ultrasound just to make sure of where this whatever is at. Said they went and did an ultrasound. He did three ultrasounds because what he was looking for had gone. Praise God. Come on, y'all. Had gone, and so many people had heard about our church that you know we started getting. I mean, people was coming from droves. Like I heard this miracles here. I heard that y'all teach the word of God for real. I heard you know even our kids was on fire. So that's how I know you you can't you gotta be a willing vessel. You gotta dare to be different. You know everybody else may go a you know a b c d. You may need to go a uh, two. C four, you know, you may have to whatever it is, but you have to make sure that you're doing it the way God wants you to do it, so that God can get the results. Because what are we doing it for? We're not just doing it to pack a house. We're doing it to save souls for God. Forget a house. Forget numbers. It's all about Christ. There you go. You better say that, and that's the truth. We gotta forget about the numbers. The numbers mean nothing if those souls ain't being saved. 
if those souls ain't getting that opportunity to get that right to the tree of life. What does he said, what do it profit a man to gain the whole world but still lose his soul? No, we ain't losing no souls today. Amen. Amen, amen. Go ahead, prophetess. I, I love see this is this is what I like to hear. We hear so much negativity. We need to hear that there are still churches out there that is still giving room to the Holy Spirit. Amen. That they can come in and bring deliverance, healing, prosperity, can bring it all. Amen. But just like you said, uh, Dr. Father, you have to have a willing spirit. Amen. Amen. For approximately 1,500 years before Yeshua's birth, Jews were the keepers of the Torah. Yahweh teaches teachings and instructions. After they returned from the Babylonian captivity, the religious rulers divided into sects such as the Pharisees and the Sadducees, each believing and teaching different interpretations of the Torah. They were well aware of their violations of the Torah, especially ignoring the Shittimites years. Amen. And it caused their captivity. As a consequence, each sect was particularly careful to uphold and to promulgate their unique understandings and beliefs. The Sadducees greatly revered the written word Torah not wanting to add or to detract from it. But they did not believe in the spiritual world or the resurrection. Now, see, this is where we get into trouble. This is why in Revelations, or at very the end of the book of Revelations, and even, I believe it's, um, oh, I'm going to close that out right now. But in, Re- in Revelations, it tells us the end of the book. This book, nothing should be changed throughout the Bible. You can't do your own interpretation, amen. You have to allow the the Holy Spirit to speak through you for it, amen. You can't redirect the word just because of the type of people you're dealing with, amen. 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 They also believed that the Torah teachings, but considered the written commandments fluid, open to interpretation based on the changing culture. Isn't that what we're going through today? There's changing cultures in the church. So now it's not just all Jews. It's not just all African Americans. It's not just all Greeks. It's not just all AMEs. It's not just all. Now everybody is intertwining and intermingling. So now the churches, what they're doing is they're trying to accommodate everyone by twisting the scriptures so it makes everyone happy. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. In response to their fear of being in captivity again, the Pharisees began to add small requirements to the commandments called fences which they hope would prevent minor violations. Amen. Their view of the oral and traditions also differed from the Sadducees in the prize in which they called the Tanakh and the Masium. Legal enactments and decisions which set 
precedent for their ruling. These Takanots and Dismasians eventually grew into a number and detail so that by the time Yeshua arrived, they had become very tedious, but were considered necessary to maintain strict obedience to the Torah. As we know, during Yeshua's ministry, he criticized and corrected both sects. He called the fences burdensome, and yet said they kept the people from entering the kingdom. And some of their Tanakh and the Masium actually required doing actions contrary to the Torah. One example is found in Matthew 15 when Yeshua rebuked the Pharisees for ignoring the Torah requirement for care and aging parents by saying that they were donating their money to the temple services. So instead of taking care of their parents, they just donated money in lieu of that. Amen. Isn't that funny how funny how money works like that? Yeah. It is. Wow. You know, it, it's just like once upon a time, if your child was not born perfect, they put the child away into these uh, little orphanages or they're supposed to be homes for the kids because the parents claimed they couldn't take care of them or they didn't have the money. Some parents, I understood, had to do it. It broke their heart and they tried, but then you got some parents that had so much money that, here, here, whatever you need, just so I don't have to take care of them. Here's the money. I'll give you the money. I don't want to take care of it. I don't want to take care of it. It ain't even a child. It's an it. Same thing with the parents. Oh, go on and take care of it. Uh, here's the money. You, you, you get, as long as you got a room and a bed for her, I don't care if you're mistreated. Just, you know, keep her out of my way. You know, and that's how they feel. You know, and that's, it's so sad. I mean, I, I don't understand the human beings. And don't you know once upon a time you used to be a child? Once upon a time you're going to, uh, there's some day down the road you're going to get old too, and they're going to do the same thing that you did to them? Amen? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Church, church tradition replaces truth. Why do you break the commandments of God for the sake of your tradition? Matthew 15 and 3. Precious are these changes were. They are no less erroneous or wicked than what began to be taught in less than 60 years after Yeshua's death. By the time the Apostle John died in 100, Ignatius of Antioch was already teaching error. He condemned the keeping of the Passover, writing, if anyone celebrates the Passover along with the Jews or receives the emblems of their feast, he is a partaker with those that are killed with the Lord and his apostles. Isn't that grievous? That's, oh. Epistles to the Philippians, chapter 14. In its Aramaic English New Testament, page 955, Roth identifies Ignatius as the originator of the Sabbath Sunday change when he writes, the authority of changing the seven-day Shabbat to the Sunday is clearly that of Ignatius. As we review some of the changes and the replacements the early Christian church taught and practiced and still endorsed today, we easily see that the tradition of the church becomes more important than the obedience of the word. And, and a lot of people are still worshiping on Sunday today. And little do we know that that Sunday that we're worshiping is really a sun God. Amen. Glory be to God. 
and that was the reason why they switched it so that everybody can worship that sun god on that Sunday. Amen. And I was very I was very um I was very uh excited to know or not even excited, but I was I was curious to know that each day of the week came from a different god. So guess who's getting ready to go back into study and to find out the names of those gods and why was these days changed to those names? Amen. Glory be to God, because that's something that I would like to know. I knew about Sunday. Amen. I knew that, it, that there was a worship of a sun god, but then Monday was a, 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 a worship of a god, too, and Pastor Moore did uh let us know that already. He gave a tidbit of that. So if you go back and listen to archives, you will hear that. But I'm going to go a little deeper because I want to bring each and every day in which God and what that God was in rule of. So this way, amen, glory be to God, we know when we wake up in the morning, we thank God that it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. No, we're going to thank God for God. Amen? Amen. <laughs> amen. Rome's view of tradition versus truth of the scripture. Because of your traditions, you have destroyed the authority of God's word, Matthew 15 and 6. Both sacred traditions and sacred scriptures are to be accepted as venerated with the same devotion and reverence. This is the Catholic.com tracks and scriptures and traditions. What is the sacred tradition in the Catholic Church? Isn't the Bible alone sufficient for us without the all of the traditions that pollute the word of God with the man-made stuff? The answer is absolutely not. And this is from Catholic 101. And we know about the Catholic Church. Now, mind you, Jesus Christ died on the cross. Why? So that we may have an opportunity to come to God for ourselves. We did no longer have to go through the priest, the the Sadducees or the, the Pharisees, we don't have to go to them to make atonement for our sins anymore. Uh-huh. And yet the Catholic Church kept that going. You have to go to confession. You have to pray to each bead. Amen. Glory be to God. And, and penance for everything that you have done. And you are cleared. Amen. Glory be to God to go on. To, to do what you were doing again just as long as you come back and confess. These are how these tra- these traditions are corruptible to us. Amen. Uh, they believe in worshiping all of the uh, the apostles, the disciples. Amen. Glory be to God. They, they have up the Virgin Mary for people to pray to. They have a lot of symbolism in the Catholic Church. Amen. Glory be to God. And well, these are these... Kidding. What they're forgetting, and I don't mean to cut you off, but what they're forgetting with that is after she had Jesus, she had other kids. She wasn't a virgin anymore. Right, right. And she did have other children because people are very, very little people know that that a few of the disciples that was with Jesus was his brothers. Right. <laughs> Come on now. Very few people know that because these very same brothers even though they walked with him. Can you imagine? Me and you have talked about this a thousand, thousand times about our families not recognizing us for who we are. But yet Jesus' brothers were walking with him, watching him do miracle signs and wonders, and they still did not believe until his death. Can you imagine? Yep. 
Come on. Come on. So this is what I'm saying. So the Catholic Church, they they still are walking in error to this day. Now, a couple of the uh, churches are now believing in Jesus. So now the Catholic Church are, are speaking more about Jesus. Before, they wouldn't even mention him at all. He didn't exist. Amen. Uh, he was just this boy, that, the carpenter's son. Amen. But now they're starting to bring in Jesus. Amen. Mm. I know. Isn't that something to learn? I mean, I, I'm, I love when I get new information um, because it was, it was, I used to talk about it all the time. Like I couldn't understand why the Catholic church didn't believe in Jesus Christ. And even though they would mention him, but they didn't never call him Jesus. They didn't call him Yeshua. They didn't call him Ava Wayne. They didn't call him anything. He was just the carpenter's son. Amen. In order, in order for the full and living gospel that might be preserved in the church, the apostles left bishops as their successors. They gave them their own position of the teaching authority. This living transmission accomplished in the Holy Spirit called tradition is since a distinct from the sacred scripture, the truth. So closely connected to it, though tradition, the church, in their doctrine, life and worship perpetuates and transmits to every generation that all she herself is, all she believes. And this is the Vatican archives. This is where that came from. Amen. And here is our conclusion to that today. Therefore, everyone who hears this word of mine, act on them like a wise man who has built his house on a rock. Amen. And we all know the story about the man that built his house on the sand and the, and the other one who built his house on the rock. The, the man who built his house on the sand, what happened to him? The winds came. They blew. Amen. His house began to sink into the sand because he didn't put his house on a firm foundation. We we know that we build our house on a rock too. Our our house is built on the rock of Jesus Christ, and that's the true firm foundation. Amen. Amen. It appears that a lone man exists; that he would have the tendency to either add to or detract from the pure word of the Scripture. Yahweh foresaw this human tendency, and Moses warned in Deuteronomy 12 and 32, everything I command you, you shall be careful to do. You shall not add or take from it. Amen? And that's Uh Deuteronomy. Amen. He said, everything that I command you, you shall be careful to do. You should not add or take from it. So I'm thinking Revelations. Here it is in Deuteronomy. Amen. Amen. The, the Apostle John's last words echoed in the same caution. I want everyone to hear the words of this prophecy of this book. If anyone asks them, Yahweh will add to him the plagues and described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this book of this prophecy, Yahweh will take away and share the tree of life in the Holy Spirit, which is described in this book. Now, mind you, this one is coming from Revelation 22 and 18. So mind you, this happens in Deuteronomy. And then it, it, it once again seals itself in Revelation. Amen. Glory be to God. And that's in Revelations 22, 18, and 19. With such solemn warning to guide us, 
We should examine every belief, doctrine, and practice with prayerful searching of the scriptures and then beginning with Moses and the prophets and Yeshua as the tree cornerstone built in the house that would endure unto everlasting life. Amen. 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 So this is this is the truth of the scriptures. I really want you to go back and print this out if you're able. Read it. And think about what's going on in your church that breaks tradition of the Torah. Amen. Glory be to God. And how do we correct it? We learn about the Torah. We get the books about the Torah. Uh, Pastor Moore did give us a, a couple of names, and I'm going to post them uh, for everybody so that they can get the correct Torah book. Amen. Glory be to God, because I really want everybody to receive that right to the tree of life. And we can't do it by keep walking in error. When, you know, the Lord tells us, he said, if we learn better, we do better. And that's the truth. Sometimes we walk in error long enough until the truth is exposed to us. And even God says in his word that once upon a time, he winked upon our sins, on our errors. Why? Because we didn't know what we was doing. You know, Jesus Christ said it best. He said, forgive them for they know not what they do. We have to be forgiven. And now that we know what we're doing wrong, now um, he said it's better that we not know than to know. But now because we do know, we can repent and we can start anew, start afresh. We can bring a change back into our lives. Amen? Amen. All right. Amen. Glory be to God. Praise the Lord. We're entering into our prayer service. Amen. Glory be to God. We're in Tishri 7, Sunday, October the 9th, day 37. Amen. Glory be to God. I tell you, I'm just amazed. Amen. Uh, Glory be to God. So, Isaiah 50, we're going to, oh, praise be to God. Oh, I'm sorry. Prophetess, could you please open us up in prayer? Father God, thank you, Lord, for us today. Thank you, Lord, for what uh, you are doing in our leader that's teaching tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God that teaches and feeds us and restores us. Thank you for the new information that we will eat up, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for each household that's represented. And, Lord, thank you for tonight's teaching that it falls on fertile ground, Lord. And for whoever's listening, Lord, allow them to uh, embark upon uh, the new way of understanding and learning. In Jesus' name we decree and declare. Amen. 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 Uh, Glory be to God. So we're at Tishri 7, Sunday, October 9th, day 37. We're repenting for accepting the replacement theology and tradition. Amen. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to the human traditions. So that's Mark 7 and 8, and we already know, I already talked about those human traditions, how we do everything in order in church. Amen. Glory be to God. There's nothing wrong with decency and order, but there still must be room for the Spirit to reign free. Amen. So here we are. We're waiting upon the Spirit once again. Last night we had such a good time in fellowship because the Spirit 
of the Lord came in and he just took over last night. We was just sitting here speaking in tongues and we was all excited and screaming. And I tell you, I just felt the blessings of the Lord. Amen. Last night. So once again, we're going to wait upon that spirit. Amen. And we're going to believe and receive. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. On that spirit. Uh, We're entering into our worship right now. Amen. Glory be to God. Do you have a song you want to sing? Are you playing a song tonight? I have, yeah, I have a song prepared. Oh, we're praise the Lord. Go ahead. Okay, give me one moment.
So are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Amen. And Matthew 15 and 3 states, but he answered and said unto them, Why do you also transgress the commandments of the God by your tradition? Amen. In Mark 7 and 13 says, Making the word of God none effect through your traditions, which you have delivered, and so many like things do you do. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I didn't want to overlook the scriptures. That's the most important part. Amen. Getting that word. So uh, the Ecclesia Church, amen. So in closing, in the closing days of Teshuvah, pray the presence and the fear of Yahweh invade the lives of our pastors, teachers, and in all authority as they flee from the traditions of men and build on the solid truth of Scripture. May I have you pray for that, please? John 17 and, John 7 and 17 states, If any men will do this, his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I Speak of myself. Amen. Okay, and, and the prayers to cover what now? In the closing of the days of Teshuvah, pray the presence in the fear of Yahweh and they the lives of our pastors, teachers, right. and all authority that they flee from the traditions of men and build on the solid truth of Scripture. Father God, we thank you, Lord, first. I always want to thank you, Father, for just being you. Father, help the leaders, and we repent on the behalf of all leaders uh, in the churches as well as the government or any position that does not exalt you, that that does not put you first, but that exalts tradition over uh, what's uh, the right thing to do, which is your word and your way. Father, forgive us, forgive us, forgive us for our ignorance, forgive us for just not knowing, forgive us for those that know and just don't do. And, Father God, I ask you to speak uh, to their hearts and mind and create a new heart and mind so that we can uh, put your agenda ahead of everyone else's, put your agenda and your way of doing things in the right way above tradition and anything else. Lord, forgive us. We repent. I repent on behalf of myself and any other leader, Lord, that stands uh, in your mercy and in your grace, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Confession, repentance, and intercession. Amen. Glory be to God. As a member of the body of the Messiah, humbly repent that in failing to know the word, we embrace the traditions of men and replacement theology. Matthew 22 and 9, which states this here. Jesus answered and said unto them, You do err, not knowing the scriptures, know the power of God. Now, listen. I'm going to say something about this. I'm going to read this next per, per, part next. Actually, no, I'm going to say it now. We do err because when we accept what the pastor and the preachers and the uh, whoever that leader is who's preaching and teaching us, amen, glory be to God, and if you're not in the Bible yourself, that's how a lot of people got turned because they wasn't searching the scriptures for themselves. You got to read not just what they're giving you, but read everything above it and read everything below it. I'm telling you, when you do that, even if you didn't understand the very 
scripture that the pastor or the leader, whoever given it to you, if you don't understand it, it should become so clear once you read the whole chapter. Amen? It's too much for us not to say that unless you don't know how to read, but then glory be to God, there's a way around that too. Because if you don't know how to read, they have Bibles on books now. Uh, on on tapes now, on CDs, on uh, on the computer, they have Bibles that will actually read to you if you can't read. So I, I'm once again, this blame don't just go to the leaders, but it also goes to ourselves. When do we stop and verify that word of God? You verified that. When the government asks you to verify all your information for them, they make sure you give them every piece of doctrine. You ain't going to leave nothing out. They ain't going to overlook it. They're going to make sure that everything is right the way it is. Amen. And yet you don't feel that you need to do the same thing for the word of God. Am I right? Am I right, doctor? Amen. Okay. Don't you go back and verify it? You have to know what you, what that person is giving you. Amen? That's Didn't right. you say you had a pastor that made you do research for him? Yes. Yes, he would come to me uh, on Sunday mornings or sometimes call me on Saturdays and say, uh, where is this scripture at? And, uh, okay, now look for this scripture for me and, you know, everything like that, which I didn't know that at the time he saw the hunger and thirsty in my in my eyes and in my life. And God, you know, I guess God told him uh, to that I was someone who would honestly, you know, I, I am a Bible nut anyway, let me just say that. Uh, I dig through the, the, the old-time scriptures. I find interest in old time. To me, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to read the New Testament. I mean, it's self-explanatory. But uh, I'm one that's drawn to old scriptures, old old things that happen. And so, uh, yeah, that, you know, iron sharpens iron. And so what he was doing was sharpening me, and he was sowing into my life, uh, just, you know, being able to study the Word of God because I knew that, you know, there's a chance my pastor would want me to help find some things and help him study to get prepared for Sunday, and it was an honor for me. So, yeah. Now, in all and now in all of that doing, you knew that when somebody gave you a word because you already started doing research for this pastor, when the next pastor came along, you was like, wait a minute. Right. If so, if I I don't you see I don't do well with junk food. Let me just say that I don't do well with any sort of junk food. Now I do. I am one that has a sweet tooth. I love chocolate. Okay. But if you come and give me some dark chocolate, I won't eat it. So don't try to pass off dark chocolate as milk chocolate because they're two different things. So that's how I am when it comes to the word. When I hear something foreign, my stomach does not agree with it. My my spirit won't even accept it. Uh, and I think a lot of times we um, we fear to challenge a word, not not in being disobedient or ruly or nothing, because God said in all things, do it decent and in honor. You know, but some some things you just know is, is, is not even right. You know, people are accepting that, and then they get mad when the results, you get your results, you get, put like this, you reap what you sow. So if somebody mm-hmm. is going into your life junk food, don't be upset when you gain 20 pounds. Don't be upset <laughs> when you have to take diabetes medicine or whatever the case may be, you know, because that's what you're eating. You're eating junk food. What's in the natural, right. spiritual, 
You know, so in case in point, okay, let's let's go to the Bible. Whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. So that means whatever we allow to happen on the earth, it's going to happen in heaven because God gave us a principle. And if we don't exercise the principle that God gave us to bind it up, then, I mean, we can't get mad when the result is what it is. All right. You be, now, there we go. Exactly. And this is why I said we can't just blame the pastor. We need to take responsibility for what we're doing. Because glory be to God, they're handing you that piece of chocolate cake. You can say no. Amen? Because God given us a free will. They can't force you to eat it. Amen? Hey, no. Come on. You can even take the time to read, amen, the ingredients on the box to make sure you ain't going to eat something that's going to make you sick. So if you're going to do all that, why are you not doing that with the word? Because guess what? Just as she said, you're feeding your spirit. Your your spirit man is hungry. You may be big on the outside, but your spirit man is skinny. Why? Because you're not feeding it. And you're not feeding it the proper nutrients in order to make it full. Amen? So now you have to go back and research the word, amen, glory be to God, until you're fulfilled. Amen? Okay, I'm talking too much. I'm going to shut up. Hey, come on. Okay. <laughs> Our Father, we ask you to help us here and follow the Holy Spirit's leading to correct our present position of replacement theology and all its traditions that are contrary to the scripture. Amen. And John 8 and 32 says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. You need to be free today. He says, he that the son is set free is free indeed. You are free. Amen. Glory be to God. Praise and thanksgiving. Our father, we thank you for giving us your spirit who leads us to begin to obeying the scriptures above tradition and rejecting replacement theology. Amen. Somebody is asking, what is replacement theology? Okay. Let's talk about the Jehovah Witness. Oh, better yet, let's talk about, boom. I need to talk about the Salvation Army for this reason. Um, Salvation Army was built on a young man named Boom. Um, what Booth did was he was going to a Methodist church, but the Methodist people would not take care of the drunks, the prostitutes, the young girls that was on the street, the runaways. They would not have anything to do with these people. Booth was moved because he wanted them to be, he wanted them to know about the knowledge of Christ. Amen. So because of that, what Booth did was, he not only uh, set up a church for them to come into in housing, because that's what the Salvation Army does, but he also, uh, he, he did take away from the scriptures. They could not have communion. And the only reason why they couldn't have communion was because it, back in booth days was when they had communion, they actually did drink real wine. They had real wine to drink when they had communion. So he did not do it because if he was dealing with alcoholics, the one thing you don't want to give them is wine. 
because if they got an alcohol problem, you don't want to feed into their problem. He's trying to clean them up, drying them up. Right. The next thing he did was he gave them all that uniform. You see the Salvation Army uniform that they wear? Why did he do that? Because he didn't want a distinction. He he wanted them to all feel the same. So everybody got the same outfit. Nobody had nothing that was bigger or better. From the leaders all the way down to the people that handled the doors and everything else all wore the same outfit. And there's a double S on their, on their shoulders. And it, the double S stands for save to serve. So they were taught to serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. So this is why he did what he did. And in knowing this, you know, they I'm not going to say that they're cult because they're not. They actually really do some really great teachings. But they don't believe in the Holy Spirit. They don't believe in speaking in tongues in their church. It's just it's just straight teaching. That's all Booth was about was straight teaching. But he taught the word of God. But they ignored this stuff about tongues. They ignored this stuff about communion. So they did take a big chunk of the Bible out. So to accommodate, and that's when we talk about replacement theology, they reset up the doctrine so to accommodate the type of people that he was dealing with. Do we understand that? Okay. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. And why do I know this? Because I was with the Salvation Army for five years. I wasn't part of their church. I had joined, but I was in their fellowship with them, and I was helping them do a young adult Bible study. I helped them do that. Um, We helped do the outdoor services, the evangelism services. I was with a group that they came out of there that was called um, – Who's the name? The Soul Winning Campaign Team. And we were all made up of all walks and all denominations. So it came out of the Salvation Army. But we were Methodist, Baptist, Apostolic, uh, AME. We came from all works of life to do what? To to save a soul for Christ. So we that all got put down when we started ministering to the people. We didn't run behind each other saying, no, no, don't go to their church. Go to my church. We always able to pass out tracks. They would say they get to choose which track they want. They got to ask us questions. Uh, like I said, we didn't have to fight over the people of God. And they, these people got delivered. They got set free when we was out in the street. But understand, I, it, because I was with them for five years, God allowed me to learn everything about them. Same thing with Jehovah Witnesses. Jehovah Witnesses, uh, I cannot remember the young man's name, but he he became that because he was in the woods praying to God, and the angel came to him and spoke to him, amen, ministered to him, and allowed him to know that he was going to become a leader. And I used to know this young man's name. Uh, that's probably why I didn't want to speak about him. But glory be to God, that vision, he took that vision and created the Jehovah Witness. Amen. Let's no more. 
does Jehovah Witnesses believe that uh, there's only a certain number of people that's going to heaven? And so when you see them, you see an older group and a younger group. The older group is supposedly the, in the number that's going to heaven. The younger group is supposed to be working on uh, going to heaven, not going somewhere. Uh, they don't right. believe in hell. Uh, so, you know, it's really a discrepancy when it comes to that. Well, they already think we're in hell. They think this is hell. Amen. Uh, they already think we're in hell. So the only thing is left is heaven. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, glory be to God. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to do those uh, once again, too. Amen. But understand, this is why we get in trouble with replacement theology, because these different denominations take the parts of the Bible that they want to use that they and they recreate their doctrine around it. Mm-hmm. And then they and they don't use the whole Bible. So that this that's what that's what those two are a good example of replacement theology. Do the rest of the denominations do it too? Yes they do. Amen. Apostolics have their way, Baptists have their way uh, amen, glory be to God, non-denominational, guess what? They have their way too because mm-hmm. they say they're open to everything, but then they're closed off in some areas as well too. So no matter what you choose or whatever you pick, everybody has uh, a denomination, each denomination has their own recreation of the word of God, and it doesn't really include the Torah. Amen, glory be to God. So that's truly replacement theology. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We, you know, if you don't come to a teaching like this to really learn or either get the beginning so that you can begin to hunger for this, this is where we get into trouble at. So now you're, you can be open to getting this true word of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Tradition. A doctrine believed to have divine authority through not the scriptures. Amen. Is we're turning our hearts now to Israel, our leadership. Amen. Uh-huh. Our Father, in preparing for Yom Kippur, we ask to encounter Israel's leaders with a promise from your word to bring new life and hope. Amen. And we know that with Yom Kippur, when that's the day that the books are closed. So we have these these 10 days to turn the heart of God. So if you're looking for a prosperous year, the God to bless you, amen, glory be to God, or amen, you should start seeing some evidence that God is tearing down strongholds in your life because he has changed, amen, his mind about whatever judgment he's had against you. Or maybe he didn't have to change his mind. Maybe he was saying that this next year you were truly going to be blessed because of your faithfulness and dedicated to him. It, I, I don't know what the judgments are. You don't know what the judgments are because he doesn't. it's not like God exposes it to us. And uh, a lot of times he do tell the prophets, amen, glory be to God, but if he calls it even to them, there's nothing you can say or do except for know that in these 10 days that you need to work uh, work to make sure that you are very pleasing to God. And if, if there was a bad judgment, you want to make sure that you turn the heart of God. 
you you got to remind him, listen, you said in your word that you so love the world and I'm part of this world, that you gave your only begotten son, amen, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life, that you are the one who's going to continue to bless me, amen, and I'm looking for a blessing, amen. I'm working for you. I'm doing your will, not my will, but your will be done. Amen? Amen. Confession, repentance, and intercession. Repent for Israel, Israelis and believers failing to pray for daily for Israel and Jerusalem. And we do this every night. Amen. We do pray for them every night. Amen. Glory be to God. As Yom Kippur approaches, pray that the Jewish people will awaken to their high calling and reject tradition, customs that violate their scriptures. And even as they're slowly turning over and changing, we don't want to see them get lost. Amen. But we want them to continue to believe by faith. Amen. That God is calling them to a higher position that he's bringing them back as the chosen people. Amen. Hallelujah. Corporate meditation and prayer, we confess and repent that the church has propaganda, anti-Hebrewism and anti-Semitism. We have spread lies and committed vile acts against the Jewish people. Our Father Elohim, please forgive these sins and annul all accusations and curses against ourselves and our families from your book. Generation 12 and 3. I'm sorry, the generations. Genesis 12 and 3. <laughs> and I will bless them that will bless thee, and I will curse them that curses thee. And in all of these, the families of the earth shall be blessed. You are blessed. Amen. Glory be to God. Proverbs 26 and 2. As the bird by wandering, as the swallows by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. Amen. And once again, reading Daniel 7 and 10, a fiery stream issued that came forth from before him. Thousands of thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousands of ten thousands stood before him. And the judgment was set, and the books were open. So the books are open now. Let's work on getting those judgments changed or getting a good judgment from the Lord. Amen. Praise and thanksgiving. Thank you, our Father, for the Jewish people teaching us by example and in their writings that Yom Kippur is the holiest day of the year. Amen. And that's Leviticus 23 and 27. Also, on the 10th day of the seventh month, there shall be a day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation unto you, and you shall afflict your soul in an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We're going to continue to give him praise. We're going to continue for that fiery offering that he's going to uh, rain down upon us, uh, uh, glory be to God, that the blessings that's going to come, amen, glory be to God, from him, amen. Uh, I thank the Lord for that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord.
Hello? Hello? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. So we now turn our hearts to the nation. Amen. Glory be to God. To the leadership. Amen. Pray that our national leaders will awaken spiritually and begin to see the scriptures are the plumb line by which that all traditions will be judged. So pray that our national leaders will awaken spiritually and begin to see that the scriptures are the plumb line by which all traditions will be judged. Uh, Prophetess, can I get you to pray for our nation, national leaders, please? Father God, our national leaders, Lord, we ask you to touch their mind, their heart, their understanding, God. We ask you, first of all, to forgive them for not standing up on doing what was biblically correct, uh, spiritually correct, instead of what's traditional. Uh, Father, we ask you, Lord, to uh, give us those that's praying for a change, give us the know-how and the understanding and the words and the prayer and the power, Lord, to change uh, the situation, Lord. Um, we thank you for everything. We worship you for everything. And, Lord, we ask you to throw it in the sea of forgetfulness, uh, the, the leader's tra- uh, traditional ways that they're acting, uh, that they're walking in, our traditional ways that we're walking in. Uh, Father, we ask you, Lord, to forgive us for that. And thank you for opening up a brand new way. We, Lord, we repent. And we ask you for forgiveness again for not even ex- uh, exhorting your word and your spirituality over our traditional. Some things I learned, God. Some things uh, you've been doing for years. And, and God, just give us uh, your, your grace on that as those of us that know better, that's willing to change. Lord, give us the grace and understanding to allow us to change to your ways of understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Glory be to God. Confession, repentance, and intercession. Confess and repent that we in America, like Israel, have treated our sins though they are not serious. We have chosen our ways over Scripture. Amen. Glory be to God. And that is true. Some of us ignore our sins. We, we say we just because we don't murder somebody, amen, we're not slanderous all the time, that our sins are small sins. Oh, I just smoke. That's my sin. I just drink a little bit. That's my sin. Amen. Oh, so I fornicate a little bit. That's my sin. But he never said which sins were greater. He didn't say which sins were smaller. He said a lie is just about as much as a murder. Amen. Glory be to God. So when we fail, amen, to obey the word of God, we we get into these judgments with him. Amen. So we're looking at Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Jeremiah 8 and 12 says, where they were ashamed when they had committed an abomination, nay, they were not all ashamed, neither could they blush, therefore they shall fall among that fall, amen, in the manner of their visitation, they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. And amen, when I was out there sinning, I wasn't ashamed. I wasn't. I actually made a big deal out of it. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm being me. I don't have to lie about me. Amen. When I was out there fornicating, lying, 
stealing. I was doing a lot of stuff that I knew and I should not have been doing. And I tell you, even on this day, I have to continue to repent. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Just because I wasn't caught doesn't mean that I wasn't being seen because everything that we do is recorded in heaven. Amen. Glory be to God. I don't want him to roll back the film and say, look at this, because I know what my my afflictions were at that time. So, no, I didn't blush. No, I wasn't ashamed. And now now I'm ashamed. I'm really ashamed now because I, I really feel like I made a fool out of myself for all the things that I used to do back then when I could have truly been serving God in my fullness. But I didn't understand. I was ignorant. So I thank God for this opportunity to repent for those sins. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. In the the last scripture, oh, amen, glory be to God. Praise God, praise and thanksgiving. Give thanks, praying, Psalms 19 and 13, amen, glory be to God. Keep back thy servants also from presumptuous sins, and let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be perfect, and I shall be clear from a great transgression. Amen. Glory be to God. Uh, Hallelujah. Praise. We want to give praise for that. And I thank God for that word. Amen. Uh, Hallelujah. Because I tell you, I'm glad that he's keeping sins away from me that I don't do no more. And I give God that he's cleaned me up. You know, in the Psalms, it says, create in me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. And I thank God for He cleaning up my filthy heart and renewing in me a right spirit. There's still some work that has to be done, but I don't mind. I don't mind the scraping and the cleaning. I don't mind the pain of being cleaned out because I want to be clean. I want to be whole. I want to be set free. So I thank you, Lord, for that. Amen. Amen. In closing, worship, praise, and thanksgiving. Our Father, we thank you for the scriptures that are our source of authority for the daily living. Oh, for life and daily living. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for your scriptures. I thank you, Lord, that the word once upon a time was flesh and dwelt among us. And he said that once he leaves us, he will not leave us comfortless. But, Father, that the comforter. Amen.
Praise the Lord. I do apologize for that. Praise the Lord. I do apologize for that. My phone got shut down. Uh, Prophetess, are you still here? Oh, praise God. Well, we thank you once again for calling in to the line. Amen. Glory be to God. And we'll see you back again tomorrow, same time, same place. Be blessed. This is Apostle Helena McQueen of Divine Ministries with Dr. Prophetess Decora Slaughter. You be blessed. Amen. <laughs>